Hey, y'all. Ayana Zayer Cotton, your host here again. Um, I believe this is episode 16 um, of the software podcast. And, you know, it's, it's interesting to kind of feel and experience how um, <clears throat> how these episodes are kind of like building or these newsletters are building on each other uh, and how they're kind of becoming uh, one long thread of similar questions. Uh, even going back to last year, uh, this episode is titled, What Are our collective ceremonies. And it's kind of me revisiting this question that I asked in May of 2022, right? A year ago, uh, what are our like personal ceremonies, right? What are our personal practices? Um, so it's it's been an interesting experience to kind of reflect on. Okay. How are these, what's what's the what's the kind of through line here? And I feel like I'm still very, very in the infancy and and um still a baby as it relates to um my writing practice and maybe kind of what are the themes and the um focuses that are kind of like remaining true across time. Uh it's interesting to kind of like start to pay more attention to that. Uh, and not only in the recent newsletters, but even like kind of returning a year from now to um, to kind of revisit some of the questions um, that I've been asking, uh, you know, over the course of years. And I'm, I'm excited to continue this practice and continue writing to see um, what that looks like five years from now. Right. So, again, the, the title of this one is What are our collective um, ceremonies? And I'm kind of coming to this episode into this space really reflecting on something that came up uh in a in a in a soak in a in a bath ritual that I was engaged in a couple days ago and uh this past Wednesday was my was my birthday and every birthday I um engage in this like ceremony of writing a letter to myself and something that came up was the fact that, you know, I feel like my 20s was all about me really like working through some childhood trauma that kind of like put me in this endless loop of um, trying to like subsist or like get nutrients from external validation, right? My worthiness always being something that was um, uh, derived from something that was outside of me. That was, I think, the overarching theme of my 20s is this like endless loop of um, external validation, right? And this loop is endless because there, there will always be a hole in that cup, right? If we're looking for our worthiness and our wholeness um, from the outside, Right. And if there there is no internal dialogue and no and no internal practice of, of of validation. Right. So like I feel like my whole entire 20s was me like working through that and figuring out and being figuring that out and being more mindful and skilled and like knowing when those things are creeping up and what it looks like, right? After a decade of of being able to observe that pattern 
right? Really uh, getting a little bit more clear. Oh, oh, I'm in that habit loop again. Oh, I'm in this um, unhelpful, uh, self-sabotaging habit loop that has me um, kind of uh, craving external validation, whether it was from uh, school, right? Whether it was from parents, whether it was from um even even maybe being a part of communities where our values weren't aligned um after kind of seeing that unhelpful loop play out over and over again in my 20s and kind of like witnessing how i felt afterwards how that that being on the other side of that loop did not feel good um, I started to develop these practices that that helped ground me and return me to myself. And um, this language of ceremonies is something that's borrowed from Alexis Pauline Gums, uh, which I refer to, who I refer to a lot in that newsletter called "What Are What Are Your Ceremonies?" or "What Are I, I, I Believe That Newsletter Is Called um, What Are Your Ceremonies?" Um, And so something that came up in this letter that I was that I was writing to myself is like, okay, I feel like I have a handle on my personal practices that keep me grounded, my personal practices that keep me whole. And that feels like a very important step um, for showing up in community whole. Right. And now I, I think in this next decade and beyond, obviously, right, I, I really want to think more about what are the collective ceremonies? What are the communal rituals that um, that we create and act, devise, update, uh, iterate on that help us hold our collective grief, that help us hold our collective longing, that help us hold our collective rage, right? That help us hold um, all that is possible inside like the divinity of our creative potential, right? And our imagination. Uh, we we know we can't truly world build by ourselves. We can't truly um, bend the world to um, truly care for Black life alone. Uh, so, so what do we need to do and what do we need to come up with together what something i mentioned in the in to today's newsletter that i'll be reading is like kind of what are our forms of synchronized swimming in the wake right How, what are the choreographies that we need to rehearse um what are what are the like aesthetics of belonging that we need to enact and continue to practice that um that as christina sharp says right keeps keeps breath in in the black body so that's kind of something I want to think through today. And I'll probably be thinking about that in the, in like a series of the next, the next few newsletters, which I'll talk about a little bit more. Um, something that is also coming up and has been coming up for me lately is I'm like flirting with this idea of leaving Instagram. Um, there's like this, this, the, there's like me, the person who wants to leave in Instagram, but then also kind of being mindful that I am also a person who is starting a small business and a school and Instagram has been like one of the primary places that people have been finding the school. Um, so just kind of 
thinking about what that may look like and also um what com what communal practices may we be able to um engage with like online and off that are outside social media and allow us to continue finding each other. Uh, I think about and talk a lot about how I believe black feminism, that word, that framework is a wayfinding device, right? It, it allows us to help, uh, help us find each other. Right. And I've been using that word for us to help find each other, but what might that look like? Um, both kind of offline or maybe in other online spaces. Um, and also, I guess the last thing that is um, coming up for me a lot as I think about our uh, communal and collective ceremonies is the 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 larger vision for CETA School is to become this right sanctuary, this campus, this physical location that houses forest gardens and um, digital labs and ceramic studios and um, a forest garden that we also learn how to code through, right? A, a, a beautiful cafeteria where we're eating the food made from the forest garden, um, where we're maybe learning how to code and learning um, how to uh, experiment with hardware that helps us with our gardening practices, right? It the the, the ultimate like vision of CETA School is this like transdisciplinary research and development laboratory that is in that is on and in a forest. Um, and so I'm also thinking about yes, we're starting out as an online school, but what practices might we be able to you know enact now and engage with now and rehearse now that we can then take to a physical location so that we're not starting from scratch uh, with, with, with how to study and, and share space together as it relates to conversations around Black feminism, biotechnology, software, code, um, language, belonging, uh, world building, et cetera, right? The, all of the worlds and disciplines, quote unquote, that um, CETA School holds or, or tries to hold? Like, how can we start to play with that um, now, today, in this moment, right? Uh, so we can then kind of um, take those seeds to, to the eventual physical space. So those are all of the kind of like nodes of, of um kind of like a thoughts and reflections I'm carrying into this episode um, and into this newsletter. So let's go ahead and get into what are our collective ceremonies, the practices that help us remember the world we need is the world we have. Um, and this was published today, June 5th, 2023. Uh, and it features a photo from this New York Times article titled, Jamaica has never had um, Olympic synchronized swimmers. And these girls want to change that. And the photo that's featured is like these two brown legs and pointed feet um, emerging from this blue water. And um, the formation is, is, is synchronized, but yet we still do know there are two individuals um, in, in, in that water but with the, they're, they're kind of like, uh, you know, with the goal of doing, of doing something and, and practicing and rehearsing and um, swimming together. So 
that's that photo. That's the photo that's featured if you're if you're looking for this newsletter. But the newsletter actually starts like this. This time last year, I took stock of my ceremonies and held myself accountable to maintaining personal practices that water my faith in the present moment. Heavy and wet with need and want, dripping with desires already met. What are my ceremonies? They are practices that help me remember I am already inside and answered prayer. The practices of writing to reflect, walking to tune in, jogging to endure, meditating to expand, soaking in water to remember, making to learn, and documenting to return. While grateful for these ceremonies, I now, I now recognize their primary purpose was to fill my cup so I can sustainably show up whole inside community. Today, I am dripping with desire to take these lessons and liquid ways of working, creating, and being into communal ceremonies. What are our forms of synchronized swimming in the wake? In 2022, I was taken to the edges of myself and brought and it and that brought me to your shore. In 2023, what are our collective ceremonies? What do we need to practice together? What are our agreements? What choreographies do we need to rehearse? What do we need to become skilled at? What do we need to let go of? What do we need to fight about? What do we need to share? And what do we need to keep? Every birthday, I write a letter to myself while soaking in a steaming soup of liquid memory, coconut oil, lavender oil, Epsom salt for the length of Alice Coltrane's Transcendence album. This year, what came up is the realization that I am more skilled than last year at tending to the garden of my internal and eternal possibility. No longer a captive to external validation, I have cultivated practices that return me to myself, my, my body, and my values again and again and again and again. What also came up in this letter though is, is the realization that I am craving more practice inside collective ceremonies that require somatic engagement both online and off if there is such a thing as offline anymore, right? Uh, so in the next few newsletters, I'm looking forward to swimming underneath the question, how might software inform somatic practices of collective ceremony that deepen belonging? Heavy and wet, with need and want, dripping with desires already met. What are our collective ceremonies? Maybe they have something to do with the practices that help us remember the world we need is the world we have. So that was uh, today's newsletter. Um, and just some kind of like nodes of elaboration or some notes of elaboration. 
as I mentioned, the question that I'm going to continue like swimming under, diving over, swimming into and around um, is how might software, what software informs somatic practices of collective ceremony that deepen belonging, right? So what ways of being through code are already being enacted that can kind of like empower belonging or, 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 or kind of empower our collective ceremonies? Where, where and what technologies are possibly already um, powering, powering these like rituals of being responsible to each other and for each other? Um, and so the rough plan, the desire, the intention is to maybe spend the next three newsletters uh, with like these, you know, three possible focus focuses of this like loose series. Um, I'm trying to keep all of this like wet and slippery because I'm pretty sure as I continue thinking and writing about this, my ideas are going to change and my perspectives will shift. But I kind of wanted to give you a small a small preview for what may be to come. Uh, I'm thinking about in the first the next newsletter of this series or the first newsletter of this series is starting with psychophonarration um, as a possible example of like black annotation or black redaction, which um, Christina Sharp uh, thinks about and and addresses and brings up in. Uh, in um in their book uh on blackness and in in the wake on blackness and being and uh they mention this as in relation to and in in um reference to wake work and um if y'all don't know psychophonarration is like this methodology that I've been experimenting with inside of my practice since 2021 um and it's it's a methodology where i essentially take the data of our aliveness, whether it's like uh, YouTube transcripts, text messages, songs, lyrics, poems, um, stolen academic PDFs, right? Like all of like this digital detritus of us living and being both online and off, um, you know, with like this this um, constant mediation of software being that that like mediator in between uh, of our of our black being and black aliveness, and I take like the digital detritus of all of that, all of that that um, all of that like evidence of being alive mediated through um, code. And then I put that into a JavaScript program that I created. And what that does is essentially creates like these nonlinear narratives or, or these like collective poems from this digital detritus. Uh, so I'll be looking at that as a form of like uh, kind of black annotation and, and, and redaction, thinking about kind of what gets kept, what gets left out. Um, what do we allow to be legible? You know, where are the slippery places where we want to remain opaque? Um, so that's the next newsletter I'm thinking about uh, and thinking about how that methodology can be a possible way for us to practice uh, belonging and interspecies fellowship and anti-authorship, right? This, what um, Edward Glissant and Fred Bowden has picked up about like consenting not to be a single being, right? How that may be something that we need to practice uh, moving forward. 
the next letter or the next newsletter that I'm thinking about, the next loose focus I'm thinking about are um, some examples of UI and UX, some examples of like software um, user interface or user experience design that actually empower and inspire belonging. Um, and I want to write this simply because I haven't seen, I, I've been craving writing on this and I haven't seen um, a whole bunch of writing about it up until Nema Gathire, um of of like the this amazing girl theorist that I've been in conversation with around these topics about about data healing and um what kind of maybe like technologies we need to embody to care for each other um they actually just wrote um like this Instagram slide guide uh, for their upcoming newsletter on um, looking at some of like the some of Instagram's feature choices and UI UX design, so I'm excited to bring their work into this newsletter series and kind of put it in conversation with um, something Anil Dash has been talking a lot about as it relates to Glitch, which is another software who I think has really good and interesting and um, inspiring. Uh, UI, UX design principles and thoughts, and also somewhere good. Um, the folks over there, I feel like they've made some very um, intentional design decisions as it relates to the voice memo app that they released, I believe, in 2022. So I want to dive into those like case studies and kind of like really start to try to develop some sort of like black feminist perspective on UI and UX design and the possibilities there for um, and like powering collective ceremony. And then uh, this third newsletter theme that I'm thinking about is um, black led land projects and how, um, and how they offer some sort of ideas or maybe software development practices uh that we can that we can learn from so here I'm thinking about soul fire farm um I'm thinking about the black school I think about the black school as a black led um land project especially with them uh building a physical location I believe in New Orleans um there's also activation residency and many more but when thinking about like how we might, develop software that is more aligned with technologies of care, I think we would be remiss if we didn't look at farmers <laughs> and look at what tending to a garden looks like, right? And um, Annika does really uh, beautiful work around um, their newsletters, Annika is Dreaming, um, or Nika is Dreaming, um, they they write about digital gardens as well and kind of adopt this language of like, okay, what does it look like to be a gardener of these digital spaces? And I'm thinking a lot about how, you know, in many times the software development process, the intention before writing a single line of code is often how can we extract the most value, the most capital, the most attention, the most, it's this, it's this, it's starting with this kind of like posture of, of extraction, right? To return some sort of value to 
a set of shareholders or venture capitalists. Um, and what I'm more interested in is what, you know, farmers usually start with or gardeners usually start with is like this, this seed of or this initial intention of how do we feed folks? which is radically, a radically different starting point for developing software. How do we feed folks? How do we nourish folks? How do we care for each other? Um, I think I think farmers and gardeners and community gardeners, right, have, have um, a lot to teach us in their ways of working in their in, in, in intentionality around how we build software more thoughtfully. Um, so, this is kind of what I'm thinking about at the top of this series. Um, and I'm excited for y'all to kind of like journey with me um, through this series. Uh, but I guess just to wrap up, um, stay tuned. Um, I've been having fun experimenting with like this podcast, YouTube, um, see to school uh, or uh, yeah, see to school Substack. Uh, ecosystem cadence. Um, and I think kind of like moving forward, I'll probably be posting like once a week on Instagram, just kind of sharing out the the Substack, um, the podcast and the YouTube video, kind of like trying to experiment with decreasing um, my time on Instagram and like increasing my time with both the learners inside of C to School and the people in my in my direct community because I, I have been craving that and software development, uh, software engineering and teaching online has, um, I'm noticing, put me behind the computer way more than I actually want to and way more than I think feels good in this moment. So I have to start thinking about, okay, what's wh where can I start just decreasing screen time and uh, Instagram is going to be most likely the first to go so I'm experimenting with um what that looks like while still being present for the folks who are looking for spaces like C to school uh but to wrap up this this podcast is presented by C to school um and it's a place where we are creating and healing uh, relationships with code by um, building a portfolio of Black feminist uh, projects using HTML and CSS. So if you've been curious co about code and kind of like not knowing where to start, uh, please definitely check out uh, See the School. The link can be found in the show notes. Um, if you're wanting to kind of like dive deeper maybe and even think about okay when was my curiosity and code even seated uh what may be some of my coding goals if I did decide to um pick up this skill and try to weave it into my interdisciplinary practice what could that look like for me then go ahead and book a discovery call a link will also uh a link will also be in the show notes for that and something I also want to experiment with is uh, maybe doing some sort of like voice notes that y'all are able to leave and can end up in future episodes. So to the question is like, what are our collective ceremonies? I would love to hear from you. Like, what are some collective ceremonies that you have been experimenting with that have felt good for you? Um, I 
for me, there's something about the classroom that feels like a collective ceremony and really beautiful, emergent and wild space, like ripe with possibility. And I think there are so many, I think there is something about convening in the classroom to learn that is this beautiful collective ceremony that I keep returning to. But I love to hear what yours are. Is, is it is it is it group therapy? Are there like collective meditations? Is there like going to the river to sing with your best friend? Like what what are what are some things that have been um moving you through this time? Um and kind of watering your faith and watering your grace and to, to, for yourself um, and for each other in this present moment. I'd love to hear from you and a, like a link and maybe some instructions around how to leave a voice note will also be in the show notes too. So until next time, I'm excited to think through this and reflect on this alongside y'all. Um, and I'd love to hear from you. So let me know what are your collective ceremonies? What are our collective ceremonies? Um, And how have they been, how have they been uh, keeping you whole during this time? All right. Until next time. Peace, y'all.